Welcome to Cups and Cakes presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded April 1st, 2018. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, you've tuned into Inside the Artist Studio. I'm your host, Jeff McCallum. The Wet Secrets are an Edmonton six-piece that play fun-filled indie rock. Known for their trademark red marching band uniforms, they can get even the stiffest crowd moving on the dance floor. Their sound incorporates horns, synths, and various percussion instruments to the typical indie rock band dynamic. Their 2014 album Free Candy won numerous awards and earned them a recording deal with six shooter records. At the end of 2017, they released the long-awaited follow-up to Free Candy entitled The Tyranny of Objects, which is easily their best work to date. Joining me today is Lyle from The Wet Secrets. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you, Jeff. The long-awaited interview finally <laughs> happens. <yeah. laughs> um, Okay, well, let's uh, let's start by getting to know you and what you do in the band. Uh, what do you play and what do you bring to the band as far as their dynamic? Well, I guess I could say, safely say that this is, is my main creative outlet. So I'm this principal songwriter. Um, I, pl- I play bass, mm-hmm. sort of sing lead vocals. So, um, yeah, um, everyone else definitely does... Uh, have creative input in the band, but it's yep. sort of my vehicle, as it were, main vehicle currently. So. Nice. So the new album was released quite unceremoniously at the end of 2017, and as far as I know, the only press that went along with it was a write-up in the journal. Uh, here at Cups and Cakes, we reviewed it. Uh, even the Six Shooter website is still talking about the 2016 EP, I Can Live Forever. So with the success of 2014's Free Candy, I need to know why the decision to put the album out in a fashion that made it hard to notice, even by your fans. Yeah, well, this is... This whole process leading up to the release of this album, it's the the release has been bobbled all the way along. Um, <laughs> taking advice, uh, I'm not going to put it all on other people because it was certainly largely our fault. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, I mean, we got busy, so there was tracks that needed to be remixed and uh, that we weren't happy with. So every every stage sort of pushed the release back. Um, there was we we took the advice of the of an American label that's affiliated with Six Shooter and released that EP, mm-hmm. which then kind of put a, a date stamp on some of these tracks. So yeah, so by the time yeah. this one came out, there's there's a few of the tracks that are on there have already been available for like a, at least two years. So yeah. It's a, there's also the issue of the fact that we parted ways with our original drummer, Trevor. Okay, uh, Trevor yeah. Anderson, who was a major part of the band for 12 years or whatever. So, so Trevor plays on this record, so then there's, uh, there's that sort of factor. It's like we're going to put a ton of effort into a release when we're already kind of angled in a new direction. Yeah, yeah. So 
talking to Six Shooter, we're still super tight with Six Shooter, and they are. We are going to be doing more promo stuff. I think we were talking about this, but uh, we were waiting for the the physical release to to get back, which is finally done. Okay. <laughs> so April twentieth is the the day that it is the physical object enters the world. The, the tyranny of objects. <laughs> the physical object <laughs> finally gets out of my brain, which has been stewing in there for four years. So. That was uh, one of my next questions. How is it going to be released? Uh, vinyl and wonderful vinyl and CD. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So I got the yeah. I have I finally have the copy in my hand. So. <laughs> right um, on. Yeah, it's kind of nice. So you guys just recently got back from South by Southwest and a little kind of mini tour to go along with it. Is there going to be touring to support the physical release of the Tyranny of Objects? There will. Um, this is another reason why uh, things were sort of drawn out in that we we had such a crazy year in 20, 2016 and we got ourselves into some financial uh, a financial pickle, if you mm. will. So we mm-hmm. were sort of dealing with that. So we will be touring to uh, as soon as the record's out. Like part of us uh, sort of waiting around has been there's no point in continuing to tour free candy. We were just waiting for this yeah. next record to come out so yeah. to give it a full blast. So we will be doing that, but it also can't be. We have to be selective in what and where we're going to go so got it yeah. so the next phase like i actually have meetings in the next week to sort of set up what markets we're going to where we're going to go and where we're going to spend that money so yeah yeah are we thinking summer definitely okay definitely summer probably across canada to at least toronto nice um and then fall will hopefully either be europe or the u.s or both kind of cram back to back so right on well, let's talk about the tyranny of objects, because I think it's your guys' best work. I, I agree. Oh, good. <laughs> I agree. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, this. Okay, so this this band, for anyone that doesn't know it, it really did start as a joke. Yeah, it a dare. Like, it started as a dare, and I know I've we've told this story a, a ton of times, but it was basically an art prank gone wrong in the fact that it didn't end that night um but it was a a ton of fun and and uh we kind of kept it going but it was still sort of a a jokey side project Mm -hmm. to was and still am in the band shout out 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 so for a long time that was the main focus and this was a side thing and we would were writing kind of kooky goofball songs in a way i don't know but still still keeping her going um so so when we sort of switched to this being the focus and really trying on with this band i I got a little more serious in the the songwriting like still trying to keep it fun and light but uh, yeah but making it a bit more serious which uh yeah which just meant way more effort uh, being put into the record and yeah and yeah i think this one free candy i'm i'm proud of as well but this one to me was uh was where we were going and like i intimated before we are now we've kind of turned the corner from that and are veering off in a new direction (laughs) right on so the record who worked on it who'd you get to to produce it um obviously coming out on six shooter records any of that good info that you can give us yeah uh it was again recorded in edmonton with nick koza i did a ton of the 
extra overdub and editing stuff myself. So, yeah. uh, which I have, including free candy, I did that, but uh, I, I didn't really credit myself too much on that. So yeah. I, I actually did a ton of the work on this record. So, um, this, uh, we we then got it mixed by. A production duo in New York called uh, the the main guy is Gus Van Gogh. Yeah. So, so it was, again, this is uh, one of the reasons why it was slightly delayed is we were getting mixes done and then tweaking stuff. So it was just yeah. uh, going back and forth. Working with Six Shooter, they've always been great. Like it, we're a little bit, possibly a bit of an outlier on their yes, yeah, on their roster, but. As an artist, you're always hoping and praying, like you're hunting your your whole life to try and find people that really believe in you and give you like the creative free reign and are behind you the whole way. Yeah. And we've had that in Six Shooter for, for 10 years, really. I mean, yeah. uh, on and off, we've been working with them for probably that long. And and even further back with, uh, with Shout Out 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 Out, they were... They managed shout out for quite a while. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. That was the that was the uh, initial sort of connection point. So we've been associated with them for quite a while, and and it just it made so much sense because I I truly love those ladies, and and they seem to love me and all my bullshit. So yeah. <laughs> so I would consider the Wet Seekers one of the more successful Edmonton outfits, and it's really yeah. Don't laugh. There. No, no, you just. <laughs> You just gave away the game right there. <laughs> um, but you guys are still, like, with the success you saw from Free Candy, still in Edmonton, still doing it here. And, I like, I really think it's inspirational to younger bands to see that you've decided to stay here and uh, continue to make Edmonton your home base. And I quite often bring bands in and ask about the pros and cons from their city. But what are more interested in the pros for you guys, why you chose to stay in Edmonton when Free Candy started doing so well? Oh, man. Um, I, I, I mean, I was born in Edmonton and I... I like this city. I have to always remind myself of that. Um, <laughs> Common Edmontonian thing. <laughs> yeah, coming back from South by Southwest and driving every morning, it gets colder and colder as you're headed north and yeah. getting back and it's like blizzard again. I, I'm a, a bit of a weirdo in that I don't mind the cold. I actually kind of like wintertime to some degree. So, so I think if the cold, if you really hate the cold, then why would you live in Edmonton? It's yeah. sort of a weird weird place to base yourself. But um, I've always felt uh, there there was a time when we were we felt the pull of moving to Toronto back when Shout Out was first kind of launched and mm-hmm. and that option was there and we decided not to. We all sort of have roots planted in Edmonton. Um, even more so now with with Wet Secrets as we get uh, get older like Paul is pretty much uh, he'll be a lifer in, in Edmonton I think so yeah um, and I kind of felt that with the way the industry works now there certainly is an advantage to being in the center of uh, like a, a cultural center like Montreal yeah. everyone moves to Montreal it seems yeah. like now uh, or Toronto for that matter you're in that that hub so where all these other things happen you know like you can it's just way easier to get noticed by 
the various, uh, I, I mean, labels or yeah. other bands, that Publications, kind of thing. It, it yeah. certainly would make things simpler in that regard. You don't have to just plan a tour out there if you're going to hit Toronto. But yeah. um, the way that, you know, with the, with the internet being what it is or streaming, streaming music being what it is, you mm-hmm. can... There's no reason why, there's no excuse to put out or listen to anything subpar. Like, it's all on you at this point. You're not regionally locked that way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you should be able to live anywhere if you're putting out great music. It shouldn't matter where you live. That I've sort of felt that way for forever. Yeah. That's That may not be, <laughs> That that's probably actually a naive way to, to look at things, but um, I liked Edmonton enough that I... I didn't want to leave, so... Yeah. Do you think that the city does a good enough job to support and kind of harness young talent? You guys, I know you guys were able to sift kind of through and and, uh, get your sound outside of the city, but do you think that the community does a good enough job to back the art scene? Uh, Yes and no, again. (laughs) Um, I think the, the arts community is incredibly supportive and on that level it's it's like a wonderful place to yeah. live and work the general public there seems to be a thing like if you if you can make waves outside of Edmonton then they're more interested yeah. than in some you know the local band that they hear on Sonic for, yeah. for the band of the, the month or whatever month yeah, or whatever. yeah. The, which which i mean that's not entirely true but uh but there seems to be that thing like if you can make a little bit of noise outside of edmonton then everyone in edmonton's like hmm, yeah well even for sonic you need to basically be able to make some noise outside the city before sonic will even take you on sure as a band of the month that's not a bad metric to go by yeah because i mean if you're going to be based in edmonton you have to do that anyway if yeah you're, if you want to have like a side fun band that that plays awesome punk rock at the Buckingham or something like that. Yeah, that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to launch a career, then you you have to you have to try and you know extend it absolutely globally. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So we kind of talked a little bit about the rest of 2018 for the White Secrets. You got the physical release coming out. You said April 20th. That's right. And uh, hopefully some tours. But uh, is there anything else on the White Secrets radar that we should know about? Uh, nothing that's really of interest. Like there's a couple videos that are in the works, which cool. should be interesting because um, Trevor, Trevor Anderson, our our former drummer, uh, sort of handled all that before. He's like a sort of known filmmaker. So yeah. this will also be a departure, different direction. So okay, cool, different aesthetic direction. And other than that, yeah, just uh, touring, working on more tracks. Like there's already another seven kind of in the can so oh nice and uh again like i was saying working with different drummers it it makes the uh the feel yeah <laughs> quite different so definitely we got we now have gravy on on the drums in the band who's uh was the drummer or is the drummer in shout out and whitey houston so yeah. i've been working with gravy for for about 20 years so he's the <laughs> new guy but not the new guy pretty familiar face yeah 
Cool. Um, okay, so I have one last question before we dive into the rapid fire. Yeah. And I don't normally do this, but I'm asking you a question that a buddy wanted me to ask. Oh, yeah. Um, do you know Kent Phillips? Yes, I do. So Kent, <laughs> uh, I uh, I joined him on his radio show once a month at CJSR. Okay. And we played Burn It All and Start Again one week. And he wanted to know if the breakdown at the end of that track was inspired by Papa's Got a Brand New Pig Bag. Oh, fully, 100%. No way, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in fact, that is amazing. I love that he picked up on that. I mean, I love that kind of left field sort of disco stuff. Yeah. We were recording it, and it was too pig bag. As we were doing it, like, they were playing the horn line, and I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 wait a second. That's too pig bag. Yeah, we, we have to <laughs> morph it, it further <laughs> away from that. But uh, that is 100% a lift of a rewrite of pig bag in that little section so that's awesome way to go kent all right well let's get into the rapid fire here we'll uh, try to get to know you a little bit better yes first question what album sparked your love of music uh london calling by the clash all right what's your current musical obsession afrobeat and kraut rock nice burgers or pizza 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 <laughs> oh man i eat more burgers but pizza yeah. how do you take your coffee black what's the best movie you've seen recently a movie that i'm obsessed with that i watched recently that i love but it's an old movie is brazil i'm like obsessed with brazil for some reason so cool i'm just gonna say brazil alcohol or marijuana neither neither oh, sober yeah. Sober, yeah. Oh, good for you. Sober for eight years. South by Southwest actually uh, killed my love of booze, which is weird. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to still go with alcohol, to be honest. Yeah. I miss beer, and beer misses me, so. Fair enough. Booze. What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? You know what? I got a, I got, last night I got a kiss from my wife on stage, so that was pretty nice. Nice. What's the worst? Worst thing that happened is me barfing 30 seconds into a set from uh, food poisoning oh, and having to play the synthesizer over a pile of barf, Aww. fresh barf. That's one of the worst. There's been plenty of me getting too drunk and falling off the stage and uh, wedging myself upside down trying to play, <laughs> trying to finish a set, unable to write myself and oh, man. making an ass of myself collapsing all of my synthesizers by banging on them too hard when I was drunk one time. Oh, jeez. Pancaked the whole thing. Yeah, how do you come back from that? Uh, sorry, guys, we got to put this back together. No, I, I actually did the the correct move, the rock and roll move, which is you spread your legs as wide as possible and try and still play it <laughs> while it's pancaked down. <laughs> right on. Which I think, it looked, the, the spectacle was probably good, but we sounded like total garbage that night. There's like video of it and it's embarrassing. Oh, geez. How many pets do you have and what are their names? We have two cats. They are OJ and Bling Bling. <laughs> What's the strangest job you've ever had? Oh, man. I've had totally mundane jobs. Uh, I was a, I worked as a steam cleaner. A steam cleaner for a yeah. while. That one was particularly bad. It, it started off quite nice. We were like steam cleaning like banks and stuff like that and then I, I got put on as a 16 year old kid or whatever cleaning old ladies houses yeah. for no money I worked it out and this one day I like 
added it all up and I was making $3.19 an hour like because it was commissions <laughs> and, and that was the end of that. Yeah. On a side note, that job, they let me drive the, the steam truck and the engine ran on diesel but the generator ran on gas and I went to fill it up and the guy filling the tank put them, reversed them. Yeah. So he, he put uh, gas in the diesel, diesel in the gas and I drove it, this is the day I was quitting, I yeah. like chugged this thing back to the shop like <laughs> down the highway, oh, pulled in, I'm like yeah I think they put the, they put uh, gas in the diesel but bye. <laughs> and they were not impressed with no. that. <laughs> What was your favorite childhood toy? I had a teddy bear named Arlene. Who's your favorite superhero? Uh, favorite superhero is my dad. <laughs> nice. That was very sweet. Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. What was your first car? First car was a, uh, a Horizon. The Ford Horizon that, w- that was nicknamed the Ho. <laughs> I, I also totaled it when I was 16, so one one tiny tear. One tiny tear for the Ho. What's the best Canadian city to play? Oh man, uh, Edmonton. And I'm gonna uh, second. My second choice will be Toronto. What's the worst? Mm, I would say probably Montreal. Montreal, eh? Montreal and maybe Regina. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, we're we're snake bit in uh, in those two towns. We've had good shows in Montreal uh, yeah. over the years, whatever, in various bands, I guess. But uh, we've also had horrible shows there, like wretched shows, and we're snake bit in Regina for the most part. It's like, I don't know why. It's a What's going on? It's a Regina? musical black hole, Regina. I'd love to. I know a few more people now that that live there, and, and I feel a kinship with the with the prairie towns in a way. But but Regina is like the the one city that we go to the least, and that I know the least, and yeah. it, and uh, historically in top ten underattended shows. Uh, six of those would have been in Regina. Oh, so. no. Sorry, Regina. <laughs> I, I love you, but you don't love us. <laughs> What's the weirdest request you've ever had from a fan? Um, there was one guy who was adamant to the point of being creepy and weird that we almost had to... Had to <laughs> like, it, it felt stalkerish. Uh, was trying to get us to leave all of our gear at the bar and go back to his place and jam and, and drink more. <laughs> I mean, that's not that, that weird, I guess, but it was just his level of how adamant he was Yeah, that we were just like, had to put the brakes on. And Fair yeah. enough. Give me one of your bucket list items. Is this like a, a thing to do or a, an object to own? Are you talking about? Uh, it could okay. be either. Yeah. Um, I really want to go to Japan. Yeah. Yeah. That was so, uh, that was actually Chris Burwash's answer too. Yeah, I'd I'd love to go to Japan to to play music, but even if it's just like a trip, I'm also obsessed with photography, and uh, it just seems beautiful and foreign and amazing. So cool. one day, one day Japan, and then I could die. Nice. What's your favorite road trip album? The Built to Spill Live album. Nice. That's like. Yeah, one of my top ten 
And it's a great album to drive endlessly across the prairies to. So, If you could hang out with one of your musical idols, would you? No. No. And I'll, I'll elaborate because... 99% of the time when you meet someone who is like that you put way up on a on a pedestal yeah. they're not what they're not the person that you think they are they're probably a total dick um, I've met a couple people that, that I would consider kind of heroes of mine yeah. that have turned out to be complete assholes that it has ruined I can't listen to the music in the same way oh no so so I would say no. Yeah. There's also people that I would probably want to meet that I've heard that they're assholes. So it's sort of like, eh. Maybe not. I'll eh? just, uh, I'll accept the musical output and yeah. Nice. All right. I got one last question for you. If you just found out you were the very last person on earth, what's the first thing you do? I would try, I would probably try all the drugs that I'm not trying now. <laughs> <laughs> and I would get insanely smashed again, and I would go collect. I would probably go to the NMC in Calgary, not bother to wear any clothes, and play synthesizers and take insane amounts of drugs. <laughs> right on. Because it wouldn't matter. There's no social uh, order anymore. It doesn't matter. I can make an ass myself. I can pancake those synths. Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> over and over and over, over again. And, over and you again. don't even need to set them back up. There's yeah. just another one over yeah, there. Just kick them into the corner. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lyle, thank you so much for joining me here at Cups and Cakes. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. I wish you all the best in the future. All right, dear listener, we're going to leave you with Tidal Wave of Hate off of the Wet Secrets brand new album, The Tyranny of Objects. Enjoy.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from The Wet Secrets. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is the second podcast from Cups and Cakes. To hear the original and learn more, go to cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.